It happened about three weeks ago, yet you're still replaying that night in your head. A friend of yours said something during a group dinner that she tried to pass off as playful, but it kind of felt like a jab. And you don't see yourself as a victim. It's not as, not as if you haven't dropped your share of smart mouth remarks, but this one felt personal. And now you can't stop thinking about it. No matter how much you try to distract yourself by rewatching episodes of Insecure, curating pictures for your next Instagram photo dump, or repotting your plants, it's as if the situation has been permanently glued to your mind. What did she mean? And is everybody in on a private joke that you don't know about? Are you being oversensitive? Maybe she's still upset about you not being able to attend her baby shower, but I mean like it's her third baby. Or maybe it wasn't malicious and you're just projecting. Should you text her about it? No, it's giving dramatic. It would make you look obsessive and mature or direct because you got to nip stuff like this in the bud, right? No, no, best to let it go. Or maybe you can mention it to your other friends and they can help you decode her little joke. Right now, as you listen to this little internal monologue, you're either thinking, oh my God, Danielle, shut up. Or your mouth is hanging wide open and you're trying to figure out how I got access to the script of incessant self-talk that kept you up last night. Either way, we need to talk about the one habit that's getting in the way of reconciliation during conflict with our female friends. And that habit is rumination. In today's episode of the Friend Forward podcast, we're going to talk about this tendency that tends to show up more often for women than men. And we're going to look at the ways that it has a direct negative impact on our ability to reconnect with friends after a, a moment of tension or even a season of tension in our friendship. So if there's been a particular friendship issue lately that you haven't been able to stop thinking about, then this one is for you. Let's get into it. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, I got you. I'm your host, Danielle Byer Jackson, a friendship coach, speaker, and author. And when it comes to the joys, complexities, and misconceptions surrounding female friendship, I am here to help you through it. Okay, so before we break this down, if you really do have a habit of like obsessing over certain friendship issues and you're trying to be intentional about improving uh, the quality of your female friendships, both creating them and nurturing them, you should be a part of my group chat, the Friend Forward group chat. Okay, it's also a book club. Join us at betterfemalefriendships.com slash book club. And that's where you can see all the details of the book that we're reading this month and automatically be thrown into a group of women who just signed up. We launched three days ago. Okay, women who just jumped in and we're already kind of getting to know each other and it feels good. It feels good. So join us over there at betterfemalefriendship.com slash book club and, and do yourself a favor of linking up with women who just get it. Okay. All right, here we go. Rumination. Rumination at its best just means to think about something consistently. At its worst, the word refers to an obsessive, repetitive act of replaying, analyzing, and reflecting on a real or imagined event. Now, women have a greater tendency to ruminate than men do, and there are several studies that suggest it could be due to our sex hormones or brain wiring. Any of that stuff might be to blame. And when an offense registers on our radar, whether quietly or loudly, sometimes it doesn't fade away. 
It often sticks to the surface and grows larger by the day as we turn it over again and again, examining every angle to determine what to make of it. And sometimes uh, I wonder if it's our heightened ability to read micro expressions and subtext and, and a tendency that typically serves us well uh, might be something that becomes totally immobilizing when it comes to getting fixated on what a friend could have meant or what we should do in a situation. And the tendency to ruminate, it's helpful when we're carefully considering the right words to support a friend in distress. And I think it helps us to remain mindful of others' feelings. But it can also be detrimental and, and counterproductive to working through an issue with a friend. There's research that suggests that women may even take longer than men do to resolve their interpersonal issues because rumination is such a reason for their delay. So what I've done to make this kind of easier to understand, you know, I'm a, a, a former high school teacher, I'm an educator at heart, this is what I do. So to make it easier for you to understand and remember, I've put uh, this into an acronym. For right now, I'm calling it my, you know, IDEA acronym, I-D-E-A, because rumination is about our thoughts. It's about the ideas that we get. And I'm going to walk you through that kind of framework IDEA, the ideas that we get during rumination and the specific way that each one plays a role on how we show up during conflicts or just minor tension with a friend. So I'm going to share with you this uh, framework that came out of my brain. I'm sharing it with you because my, my goal is to equip you with research and insights that you can use to inform your decisions on how you want to show up. Okay, rant over, but I've been sitting on that for like three months and I thought I'd just kind of slip it in there. Okay, so the idea framework, these are four things we tend to do during rumination that get in the way of reconciliation with our friends. The I stands for isolate. Here's my thought. Our expectation of friendship as easy and organic sometimes I think leaves us with a sense of shame around getting it wrong. A shame that we don't necessarily want to share with others. So this means we're independently processing and sometimes internalizing. And since rumination often involves self-talk, negative self-talk, it can be like especially detrimental if we don't have a reasonable external voice to help us manage our emotions and maintain perspective. There, uh, There's also research that finds that we're better able to regulate our emotions when we have a friend who can help us reframe negative situations. In my book, I'm going to share with you like the exact uh, study and how they carried that out because I think it's so interesting. Uh, but essentially, they found that, you know, uh, self-regulation or emotional regulation, which we tend to think of as like a, a personal independent practice, is actually sometimes enhanced by having uh, being in the company of friends who can help us reframe or reappraise our emotions and in a situation that we're going through. So when you do find yourself isolating during rumination, I want you to examine the self-talk that takes place as you're alone. And if it's helpful and if it's reasonable, right, which is sometimes difficult to assess when we're by ourselves. Now, the D in the idea framework for women's tendency of rumination is that when we're not isolating, we're disseminating. So we're joining with a third party to share every little detail, every little detail of an issue that we're having with a friend. Now, depending on the objective, that's a habit that can work for us or against us. Sharing information about a friend issue is that's that's how we access the emotional support and validation that we're looking for. So it's a it's a natural 
move to make when you are trying to figure out what happened between you and somebody else. It can also be a necessary part of just trying to process how you feel and and how to make meaning of a situation. And if the person you're talking to wants to help you reconcile with your friend, it becomes a positive form of mediation. And I'll speak more to mediation in um, the book that I'm writing and maybe on some future content. But if it's not productive, it can be problematic in our resolution efforts. So depending on who you're disseminating information with, who you're turning to, why you're sharing the information, you could fall victim to co-rumination, a tendency to uh, self-disclose as a means of building closeness. And it can make you especially susceptible um, to, you know, mental stress. I've seen studies that that highlight both, that it can be a productive thing and a helpful thing and that it can be detrimental. But for those of us who are especially anxious, it can help your emotions to just like spiral and delay you at the end of the day from taking action toward reconciling. The E in the idea, uh, rumination framework, is exaggeration. Because any feelings of skepticism, anger, or anxiety that you have during conflict sometimes only grows when we share our situation with other friends or we're thinking about things over and over and those friends we're talking to, they feed those emotions with like a well-meaning, girl, how would she do that? Or that's so annoying. Or you shouldn't have to deal with that. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about because you've either heard that or you've been that friend. (laughs) And maybe like maybe we tell someone that we're beginning to feel disrespected by a friend's, you know, last minute cancellations. And if that friend offers her own negative experience, like, oh, wow, she does that with me too. It's rude as hell. You know, then you're likely going to leave that conversation like hyped up, feeling justified or indignant. So it's just something to kind of think about, you know, how, uh, ruminating and constantly thinking about things over and over ask yourself if the feelings that you started with are becoming exaggerated the longer that you continue to kind of like fixate on that particular issue we typically kind of like ruminate and then while we're thinking we tend to recall like past offenses and then we silently stack up these offenses and then collect them as evidence for like why we can't do the friendship anymore so sometimes we act impulsively during our state of rumination because we're trying this is my speculation now this is not rooted in research but maybe it should be okay um this is my speculation that especially when we're ruminating sometimes getting anxious and wanting to bring those thoughts to a close so you act impulsively and one of the things we decide during that time period to make it stop is to end the friendship or to do something else impulsive because we're trying to um end the obsessive rumination so it it helps to have like the ability to uh regulate your emotions so it's something to think about the ways that we silently stack these minor transgressions and the before we know it we just can't see our friend clearly anymore and then it's yet another corpse in our personal friendship graveyard And finally, the A stands for associate. So at certain points in our rumination, I've noticed that we might begin to wonder what personal inadequacies led to the shift in our rhythm. And then we associate the conflict with like a personal misstep. You know, we're thinking, well, what does that say about me that she's able to turn so quickly? Or if she cancels plans, we're like, what does that mean you know, about me, she's upset with me. And so sometimes there's danger in rumination of associating whatever our issue is with our personal failings, things that we fail to do. And because we tend to be so um, intimate and close in our friendships, sometimes it's hard to separate our friend's behavior from 
something that we may or may not have done, like centering ourselves in that narrative because we're so attached. I understand that it's one of those things where it's kind of like, well, easier said than done. Um, And stop doing that. Stop associating. But it really helps to be able to have the skill of differentiating what's your stuff and what's your friend's stuff and to not personalize or internalize um, different shifts that happen in your friendship and allow them to be the reason you continue to ruminate and separate yourself from your friend. Uh, I want to give you an example. Um, well, first, let me say this. Let me let me give you hope because if you're like, oh my gosh, I do all these things, okay? Typically, I save the solution for, you know, like my private courses and coaching, right? We talk about the issues here and then when you need like the actual tangible solutions and strategies, you know, I, I like to save it for women who are like intentional about friendship and willing to invest in that, you know? But I want to give you a tidbit here that I think could help and some of us might need right freaking now, okay? When it comes to stopping rumination, which is so hard, it's so hard. Research reveals that there are two things that you can do to make it stop. I want to let you know, since I discovered this or since I like happened upon this research and read every page um, of it, I've tried it and it works. The first is to think about what you would have done differently in the past of whatever happened and what you plan on doing moving forward. Those two things. It's because it kind of solidifies action and moves you toward next steps as opposed to allowing you to continue to swim in an ocean of uncertainty and what ifs, which is like not only unproductive, but sometimes actively harmful. So now this is going to sound like a plug, but I'm, and I'm not trying to give you anything but facts, okay? This is literally why I'm not just a female friendship educator, but a coach. Because when women sign up for sessions as a coach... I'm like a therapist and I have a therapist too. So I'm never talking crap about, you know, mental health support because I need support too. Lord knows. Okay. But when we talk about the differentiation between like therapist and coach, a coach, our job is to help you go from where you are right now to where you want to be. So figuring out, okay, what's the goal? What's the objective now? Now let's co-create some strategies to get there. Literally at the heart of coaching is getting women out of an unproductive incessant state of rumination uh I want to give an example just recently and she might be listening to the show so what's up girl recently I got an email from a young woman who was frantic I mean it was obvious in her email frantic my assistant's like uh we got this email and and (laughs) and she seems like it's really you know her issue is really urgent and so essentially she said you know hey I'm looking at your calendar Danielle I'm trying to book a session but I understand you're writing your manuscript and so I'm looking at your calendar you only have a couple slots but I can't wait that long like I have a friendship situation and I need to know what to do because I've been like ruminating about this too long so and maybe this is like bad for me to say this publicly but I was like okay well you know what let's just let's just make it happen she you know the invoice got paid so I was like okay let's do it (laughs) and um it was so interesting to hear about how she's been ruminating for so long about whether or not to remain friends with a particular young woman in her life something we've we've all we've all been there we've all been there in fact I just did a study with uh 600 women I conducted the study a couple weeks ago about those of us who are constantly ruminating, considering whether or not to let a friend go. And 40% of women are currently right now today trying to figure out whether or not to release a friendship. So this client was not alone, okay? Now, obviously, by the end of our time together, she had made a decision. She felt like you could see it in our body. She felt lighter. 
she was more uh, confident and assured and not just like what strategy to do to release that friendship, but feeling good about her decision afterwards in spite of how it might be received. And so it helps to do those two things to get you beyond the practice, the habit of rumination. But just ask yourself, how has it served you so far, that tendency? How has it served you so far? And that kind of helps you know if this is something that's, that's helping or not. Now, as your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen closely. I want you to zero in on a current issue that you have been thinking about forever and you've just now de- like decided it's been going on too long. You got to move. You got to move, okay? Ask yourself those two things, those two questions prompted by the research. One, if you're kind of spiraling right now about something that happened and you're overanalyzing and dissecting, what could you have done differently? This does not mean whatever it was is your fault. But what might you have done differently? The second question, what are you going to do moving forward? Once you determine those two things, I want you to, to message me on Instagram at, at friendforward or email us at hello at betterfemalefriendships.com and just share with me what came up for you. For those of you who are members in our um, friend forward group chat, you could just drop it right in the chat. I'll see it probably like moments after you listen to this episode. So until then, you know that I'll be right here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time.